Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I'm Spud. Spud Goodman. Spud man. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for lending us your ears for at least, you know, a few minutes. I promise we will do no permanent damage to any body part. So enjoy risk-free the next 58 or so minutes. You know, if full-on enjoyment is a bridge too far, then let's maybe shoot for, say, partial enjoyment. That's very doable. All right? Yeah. I, I will say, though, that I, too, am an occasional listener to the show. You know, and, and when it airs on, you know, some of the other stations that carry us, Scouts honor most of the time I can stomach listening to the whole damn thing. And that's important. Yeah, all right. Well, now I need to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, why don't you give us a decent guffaw? Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I stuck the landing on that one. Absolutely. Well done. Thank you. Now I must acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say or do something quickly as your window is uh, closing rapidly. Oh, well, uh, okay then. I would so like to... So what I wanted to discuss on the show is something that, well, I don't know, but, I found I, I, I wasn't done with my introduction to myself and Look, talking about um, what, what my... Your, what, your, my... your opening statement? Your, your address to the world? Your proclamation to our listeners? Know your role. You're a temporary co-host. Well, uh, and... te- temporary permanent co-host. Uh, oh, you too. Whatever. Your role is to be seen and not heard. Well, this it's a radio show, not a TV show. A, a co-host who is seen and not heard on a radio show is basically a, a spectator, a non-participant. <laughs> no one would even know that I'm here with you in the right. studio. Good! Oh, I could live with that, as it sure would open up more airtime for me on this show. Well, well yeah, you know, you guys, I've developed a quite I mean, a following. Well. You should see the traffic I'm getting on my fan page on Facebook. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. I, I checked out your fan page a few times. Don't you think maybe being a little more low profile would be a smarter way to go, <laughs> Anne Dorothy? <laughs> I can't really control how fans respond to me, Spud. What can I say? People like me. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what? Uh, there's really no need to rub it oh, in. Oh, sorry. All right, okay. So can I finish what I had planned to say now? It won't take long. Why don't you put that on the back burner for a while and we can revisit it a little later or, or rather much later. What I wanted to bring well, up, I was trying to say this, is an article in a magazine. I read it the other day. It said our iPods are really a very accurate tool to identify who we are and our core beliefs. You know, you know what really makes us tick? Kind of 
like a musical Rorschach uh, test? Yeah, I would have to agree that what's on our iPod is pretty darn good indicator of what kind of human being one is. I would say, yeah. though, well, that outside well, our faith and our sexuality, the oh. songs on our iPod are about as personal and intimate as it goes. And it only makes common sense. You know, Spud, contrary to what you might believe, I do, in fact, own an iPod myself. Really? Well, actually, it's a, it's a hand-me-down from my oldest, Gerald Jr. Once he got a new one, uh, he gave his old one to our daughter, Kelsey. And when she got a newer, newer model, uh, too, she gave it to our youngest, Dwight. And then, yeah, okay. well, when his grandmother gave him a new one this last Christmas, I was given the very first iPod in the Holcomb family. I, I believe it's it's called a Nano. <laughs> yeah, you might want to check one out with more than 500 uh, megabytes of storage. But hey, you know, welcome to 2009. Oh, I really don't care to hear what songs are on your iPod, Gerald. That would be extremely frightening Ooh, to know. Well, yeah. Mrs. Jarvitz, I have over 60 songs loaded on my little unit here. I, I take it with me when I walk our dog, Jasper. It only takes him a few seconds to pee and, and maybe like 60 seconds to poop uh, before he wants to go back in the house. But for those few seconds, I'm able to really rock out to some of the tunes I have. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? You know, if your iPod is an accurate window into your world, I think I'd rather throw a brick right through it. Like the living room window, if need be. It might get me tossed into jail, but well, it would prevent any emotional trauma from actually experiencing your musical tastes. I, I wouldn't be so quick to prejudge what you think is on my iPod, Spud. Uh, you know what? I think it would surprise you. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not willing to take that risk. Good call, yo. I hear you, Aunt Dorothy. Uh -huh. Some of those songs are probably bone-chilling for sure. In no. life, there are uh, you know a few occasions where we all are better off not knowing the truth. Yes! So anyway, right now I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be interviewing a little later. You know, I got to say this too, I guess. Um, you know, I've received a bunch of emails from listeners about booking a band that would jar the fillings in their teeth. You know, and I want it noted that I have responded to their demands. We are, after all, aired on a, a few hard rock stations. So, you know, these guys are personal friends of my aunt here. And, that's, um, yeah, that's right. You know, you, they you bought, met them? Did you meet yeah, them at a Denny's restaurant? Is that true? Yes, after closing. And, but, you know, they bought my Grand Slam breakfast a couple of times. A very nice gesture. And, and we've just been best buds ever since. They're so oh, super. nice. Super. Yeah, okay, well. Hope they can play, too. That'd be awesome. Oh, they're right, good. Well, well um, okay, before they begin, Gerald, i got to tell you, you might want to put yeah. in your earplugs. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I, I've, got them, I've got them right here, Spud. Oh, like I've said so many times, earplugs are for pussies. Well. All right, then. Here they are. Green River Thrillers.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, it's Kevin Elon. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Yes, believe it or not, I am. Hey, uh, Spud. I'm being told by Chance, our intern, that your first guest, Jody Sweeten, is waiting to speak with you. Yeah. You, you know, this is going to be great, having her on our show. Yeah, okay, calm down. I, I, I know you're a huge fan of her old show, I, uh, Full House. Yes. You know, when we had Dave Coulier on, you almost peed your pants. Can you keep a secret? I, I hope you, you know, like have a spare pair of adult diapers with you right now before I start the interview. Yeah. Spud, I, I do not have issues with bladder control. I don't know. I don't know where you got that from. Trust me, I've only had a few accidents since being potty trained. You can ask my wife Rachel if you don't believe me. And really, Spud, as one who has had your own issues with bedwetting to this day, maybe you should choose another topic to ridicule Gerald. Thank you, Mrs. Jarvitz. You're welcome. Uh, you can clearly see I don't have an adult diaper on right now. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Well, it, it could be a state-of-the-art, really, really thin one. No. But anyway, whatever. You can, you can thank me later for booking Jody, but just keep it under control. Put her on. Okay, here she is. Give a warm greeting to actress Jody Sweeten. Thanks for checking in with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so... Uh, Fuller House, uh, now on Netflix, uh, is back with season four. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, season four. It's, uh, this is going to be a really fun season for, for my character. Uh, season three ended with uh, fans finding out that, that Kimmy is going to be the surrogate for uh, Stephanie uh, carrying oh. her baby. So season four is all about Kimmy and Stephanie going on this, this surrogacy adventure together. And, you know, for fans of the show who know their frenemy relationship, it's, it's a really fun season to watch. Oh, we, we've had Dave uh, Coulier on the show. He, he seems like a guy who would, who would make a good make-believe fill-in sort of parent. <laughs> Dave is amazing. I, I love Dave. He's, he and I are very close. And, yeah, he's, he's just he's such a doll. And, uh, and he has a lot of fun playing Joey on the show. You know, he comes in a lot and babysits the kids and, and creates havoc on the show. Right. Well, now with him, uh, John Stamos and Bob Saget, you know, making occasional appearances on the new version, has has much changed other than maybe now Bob can tell you way better jokes off camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I don't have. Now I actually know the jokes that I'm laughing at. You know, when I was a kid, I would laugh at things that I had no idea what they meant. <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny when we get together. I mean, we have been such a close family now for for like thirty almost over thirty one years. Oh. Um, you know, it, we get together and it's like no time has passed. I mean, and, and, you know, we always joke that we fall into the same thing where, you know, Candace, Andrea, and I are like, you know, trying to, we're being serious and trying to get the work done. I mean, we still have fun, but, you know, Bob and Dave and John are, are, are joking around and, you know, and it was like that when we were young, too. The kids on the show, we were like, you guys, we have to get this done. And Bob and Dave and John were, you know, always having fun and screwing around. <laughs> Well, you, you started at what, age five on, on Full House. I, my question kind of is, being in showbiz, you know, as such a, a young kid, did it wreck the thrill, you know, of meeting other famous actors in your career? I mean, those people who, you know, who have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, they're your peers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess I was I was never a kid that was like, I, I and I, maybe it was because I did it as a job. Like I, I was never like, oh my gosh, it's so and so. You know, I was like, oh, that's just another person that does what I do for a living. And <laughs> it was never. 
I, I, I sort of the, the magic of it was I was never that um, uh, starstruck by it. I was always just like, this is what I love to do, and it's really fun. And so meeting other people like that that did it as well was always just, it was a cool opportunity, but I was never like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. Huh. Well, you know, there have not been that many shows that have been successfully resuscitated after going off the air. Netflix made the decision, and it seems to have really paid off. As word is, the show's one of their biggest hits. Did, did you see this coming? You know, we we felt that the, the fans that loved Full House would absolutely... Uh, respond to Fuller House, and they have, and, it, you know, it's been something that I think people, uh, other people were shocked by, but I think is the, the cast and knowing how immensely popular and successful the show has been, you know, it, uh, originally and in, then in syndication for 20-something years, we knew that it was that it was going to be really successful, but I still think that, you know, being going into season four and hopefully a lot more seasons... Um, you know, we're, we're just amazed and so grateful and proud of, of the, the show that we get to do and, and the fans that love it. Right. Okay, well, looking at some of your other work in your memoir, Unsweetened, you wrote that life became a challenge when, you know, when Full House went off the air. It, it kind of, things got turned upside down at, upside down at times. Are, are there any specific lessons that were learned that you might, you know, you can maybe give guidance to current child actors? I mean, growing up in this business is always a little bit different. I mean, you know, it, it creates its own challenges. Uh, and coming back to it as an adult, I think I have a an entirely new appreciation for it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a business where you, you hear no a lot. You know, you have to um, really find your own sense of, of self-worth and, and, and balance uh, because, you know, this business is, it can be crazy sometimes. But, um, you know, I love what I do. And like I said, coming back and getting to do Fuller House now with, with the people that I love that have been such a family to me. I mean, it's, it's a huge blessing. All right. Well, you know, you were on Dancing with the Stars in 2017. I, I guess you knew that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we've had a bunch of people who have competed on that show, and most everyone says there's never any bad blood between the dancers. But I know when, like, when I play three-on-three three at the Y, I want to win, and I sometimes lose my <laughs> sense of fair play. Did anyone at least throw out some smack talk to get into your head? Uh, no, no, nobody did at all. It was, you know, it really was. It was, um, it, 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 even though we were all competing against each other, it was such a family because we were all thrown into, you know, this crazy athletic, like, dance schedule. Uh, I think we all were just, you know, supporting each other and, and re really genuinely happy when we saw other people doing well. Um, it, it, even as much as of a competition as it is, it's not, um, the, the competitiveness is different because you're kind of all in the same boat together. All right. So no no stories of people tripping each other right before they go on? or, or okay. No, nope, not at all. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, if I could interject here, Spud. What? Your competitive attitude sure does impact our working relationship. Yeah, I, I know you're trying to get into my head to keep me off balance on the air, but I just don't understand how I threaten you. I know I am very good at my job, but, you know, you're pretty good, too. Don't feel like you have to beat me in everything we do on this show. Hey, Jody, I, I need a moment. I'm not threatened by you professionally. Well... Why would I want to waste my time trying to get into your head? I care about winning when I'm playing basketball at the YMCA. You know, like three-on-three three or whatever. I don't like to lose, so I utilize, you know, whatever it takes to secure victory. Mental warfare is but one part of the game. But there's no need for me to find an edge competing with you. 
I win by forfeit automatically. Oh, boy. Spud has been super competitive since he was a baby. He's a well, very poor loser. You yeah, know you are, Spud. It's still a factor in why he has no friends to speak of. But I do have a few acquaintances. Oh. I do. Don't make it sound like I'm a social pariah. Uh, well. Now, l let me get back to Jody. All right, I'm back. Well, last question. Uh, looking long-term career-wise, where do you see yourself? You know, maybe a third incarnation of, say, a really full house? Maybe as a grandma with a right. ton of grandkids? Yeah, Candace and, and Andrew and I always joke that we're going to do, like, the Golden Girls version of, of full house. Them at the at the end, and we you know we argue over who gets to be Rose or who gets to be Dorothy. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I career wise, like I, I you know I'm doing the Hallmark movies as well. I would love to get into directing and producing some things. Um, I'm working on some podcast stuff. You know, I, I have a lot of irons in the fire, um, which is you know kind of what you got to do in this business. Uh, but I love it all, and I and I'm really grateful for such an amazing fan base that's so supportive and and really. You know, love to, to watch all the, the different things that I get to do. All right, super. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to remind everyone that Fuller House is now back on Netflix for season four. Thanks a whole bunch for coming on our show. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Ms. Jody Sweeten. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. What the? Who's there? It's Spud. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yes. Well, our show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. All right, well, put him through. Do you want me to do his plug? That's, that's your job. Oh, you oh, know you have to do okay, it. Okay, okay, all right. Ted Marr's Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Okay, say hello to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks for checking in with us. Hi, Spud. It's great to be on the show again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so I'm going to need to make this conversation about something that I need to take care of. I think I have a ghost in my apartment. He first appeared a few weeks ago. You know, I'll be honest, I never truly believed in ghosts. You know, you know sure, as a kid, I, you know, I used to collect Casper the Ghost comic books, and I did see that Whoopi Goldberg movie Ghost years ago, or most of it, before I fell asleep. But I, I just, you know, didn't buy it that some dead spirit could start crashing at your place without at least asking. Is this fairly common, having an annoying ghost bugging you? Um, it can happen, uh, but there are spiritual protections that you can put in place um, to uh, protect yourself. And uh, I'm trying try not to use the word get rid of, but to... Uh, That's what I need. Get, 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 okay, to <laughs> get rid of an annoying ghost um, short of exorcism. And I can, I can tell all your listeners now how to do that. 
Oh, well, cool. You know, I was kind of hoping there might be some kind of ghost spray, you know, like off for mosquitoes or shark repellent. Is, there's nothing, I don't know, is there anything I could buy at Target or something to help yeah. me out with it? Actually, there is. Um, you could buy sage, and what you do, you sage your house and your car, yeah. and you burn the sage, and the good spirits love sage. The bad spirits hate sage, and they'll, they'll, they'll leave. Um, and if you've got a persistent nasty ghost, a negative entity, use it every day. Also, you want to use sea salt in every corner of your house or dwelling or car, just a little pinch, because they don't like the salt. The salt's a very cleansing kind of thing, and they, they will definitely, definitely leave. Um, the other thing you can do, too, is every day, it's, it's kind of a part of being uh, spiritual hygiene, you cover your, you visualize yourself in a cone of white light, and then you put a, then you visualize mirrors facing outward all around you, and, um, and they ask uh, God and the angels to put that into effect for 24 hours. And then every day you just kind of renew it, and you it's always kind of thank them for the protection. Ted. Very complicated. Well, <laughs> it does work. A lot of work. Um, the yeah. third thing, the third thing you can do is to say what's called it's a it's a meditation technique called the hue, and it goes like it's the H U in human. You say this three times, you, and it brings in the Galactic Alliance, and they will help protect you as well. All right. Well. Let me ask you this, do ghosts have inside knowledge of your weak spots? It seems like the ghost in my apartment now knows just the right kind of noise to bug the crap out of me. It usually happens right before I fall asleep. It's not the sound of like chains or moaning like in, you know, in books or, or movies, uh, but you know, the thing, it just it just clears its throat over and over again. Like the phlegm buildup is so bad, it's nonstop. It's like, <clears throat> like that. It's driving me crazy, okay? If, if you do the meditation technique you, and ask the Galactics for help, Galactic Alliance, they will come in and help get rid of the ghost for you. I guarantee it works. You know, Spud, you, you also complain constantly about my occasional phlegm problems here in the studio. I, I can't clear my throat without you jumping on me about it. You know, you really need to be more tolerant. Hey, Ted, just a sec. Uh, okay, so I have a low tolerance for those who bring their phlegm problems to work with them. At least you can control it. You know, a ghost probably can't. They might lack, you know, larynx control or something. I think you might be imagining this ghost with the so-called phlegm problem. So you sound just like everyone else I've told about this. I hope your house gets invaded by a whole bunch of ghosts and they bring some really annoying habits with them, like cracking their knuckles, you know, making flatulent sounds with a hand underneath the armpit, and how about grinding their teeth? As a non-believer, you deserve it. But I, I, but I, I, I gotta get back to Ted, alright? So zip it. Well, let's just say though, on the, let's look at the worst case scenario. If it doesn't work, is it possible to establish a long-term healthy relationship with a ghost? I mean, if we're able to get beyond the phlegm thing, you know, the, the guy, whatever it is at my place, is it possible for it or us or him or I don't know to possibly bond and get along. I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm all in on this, but if, if he or it won't go away, it might be smarter for me to try and get on his or its good side. What do you think? Well, um, it it kind of depends on a case by case. Um, uh, you have to analyze it case by case. Um, the ghost may be part of your spirit family. It may be an entity. Well, a ghost itself usually is an entity that hasn't gone to the light and hasn't moved on. And for some reason, they like Earth existence. They either, maybe they used to live in the apartment or house where you're living now, or um, they're in an area, for example, your, your place where you're living might be built on an Indian burial ground. 
Mm-hmm. And all the native spirits there are probably upset that, that you don't, I mean, you don't realize that you're sleeping on top of their um, cemetery. God, I never and they knew. come in. Yeah, that can happen too. Huh. Um, and, and if that happens, then then you need some specialized help. And just just give me a call. I could, I could try to help you. So, so we can communicate with a ghost. And, and I'd like to mention, you know, to this particular uh, entity or whatever, that you might, you might want to try some aftershave or cologne because this thing smells like an old mildewy blanket that's been left outside in the winter. And I, I know most offices outlaw heavy perfume or aftershave these days, but I would welcome a heavy dose of Old Spice or High Karate on my ghost. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Reeks. I laughs> you can talk to the ghost sometime. Let's let's have a private session, and I'll be happy to talk to your ghost friend. All right, okay, I'll let you go. Though. I know there. you got stuff to do. So, all right, there you have it, <laughs> our resident psychic, Mister Ted Mar. Okay, thanks so much, Bud. This is Walt Disney on the Treasury Song Parade. <laughs> Donald, what's the idea of packing the big gun? Yes, your country needs you, but I'm afraid not in the army. Well, okay, you can fight by buying war bonds. I know, I know. Buying war bonds isn't as colorful as carrying a gun. But remember, your war bond dollars buy Uncle Sam's soldiers' guns and tanks and bombers. Guns, tanks, bombers. Yes. Buy more war bonds, Donald. That's the spirit. That's the old Yankee doodle spirit. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud goodness to Anulo. Here now your host, Spud Goodman. So getting back to what we were talking about earlier, Aunt Dorothy, what is the one song on your iPod that you have to listen to at least once a week? I know it's personal, but take a risk and share this, you know, if you Uh, Well, if you must know, of course, besides a number of Leonard Cohen songs, I would say the one specific song I generally play regularly is... Oh, well, uh, it's a little unusual, I well, guess. you know, if, if I should probably say this, if, if hearing it, I might not ever see you in the same light. Uh, maybe. You know, as you are my only living aunt, and uh, I, I want to continue to revere you, mm-hmm. maybe you should, like, hold off on answering that one. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, you know, I have several favorite songs if you want to know what no, I would I, I, I would rather pass on that. I mean, Chance, the right. intern's iPod library would be way more interesting. Hey, Ch- Chance, yeah, wake up over there, put your phone down just for a second, and jump in here on this topic. What topic? I wasn't listening. Uh, we are talking about our iPods and, and what we choose to put on them. I, I won't put you on the spot right now and, and force you to divulge such private information, but I was well, kind of wondering if you what, were... What do you want to know? My iPod library is not something I am ashamed of. I've heard some of the stuff on yours, so I can see why you might feel that way. Heads are spinning! Oh, honey, no need to antagonize the bear here. Taunting Spud is not a good idea. It won't end well. Yeah, she's she's correct about that, Chance. Take it from me, though Spud voices his disdain for President Trump you quite mean, often. You mean Tony Soprano? 
our current president of the United States, he does seem to emulate our commander-in-chief's tendency to strike back uh, disproportionately to those who challenge him. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Just a word to the wise if you want to go down that road. Am I supposed to be scared of him? If so, I'm not. Look, I will move on as I was just trying to be inclusive and involve you in our discussion here. But hey, I I guess I should have just let you continue to play whatever video game has your attention at the moment. Right now I'm playing Fortnite, if you want to know. No, I really didn't. Oh, sweetie, sweetie, we discussed maybe you, oh, you know, lay off playing Fortnite for a while. Remember our little talk? Uh, yeah. I guess I could stop playing and maybe read my emails or something. Uh Uh-huh. Um, why don't you just do your job and man the phone lines without the distraction of your other activities? Can you handle this simple request? Hell no, you can't! Maybe. So, Spud, I happen to have my little iPod with me in my suit pocket here. Uh, I, I must okay. have put it here and forgot about it, I guess. But okay, do you I haven't want me... seen those one of those things in I don't know how long. Well, it still works really well. But here's what I want to know: Dang. Do you want to take a look at it and see what I have on it? Because, like I said, it might surprise everyone. I can't take this. No, there's there's absolutely no way, no way I would be surprised at you know like what audio atrocities authorities would discover in any forensic investigation of your beater, and that is a beater high no. miles iPod. Uh, okay, just a second, just a second. I'm gonna fire it up here, and I'm gonna read you a few oh, titles. Oh, oh, oh God, no! Please show some decency what? here and keep some things private where they belong. Yeah. So I don't. Okay, that that's let's let's just uh, I got I got to move on to uh, the musical guest interview. Okay, I, I just just drop that just drop that uh, that thought. Okay, yes, yeah, please, I, I, yes. okay, okay. But yes. I, I really I think you guys are overreacting here. My musical tastes are nothing to be scared about. I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. My no, gosh. no, it's it's it, as I said, it's musical guest interview time. So please welcome our musical guest, Green River Thrillers, to the show. Um, Gentlemen, identify yourselves, the instrument you play, and your birth sign. <laughs> birth sign? I don't even know. Uh, my name's Alan. Play guitar. I think I'm a Pisces. All right. Super. Should be. I'm Phil. <laughs> I play drums. I'm a scorpion. Scorpion? Uh, I'm Gary. Huh. Uh, I play bass, and I'm a Libra. All right. All right. I appreciate that. So how would you guys describe the Green River Thriller sound? I'd say it's like a, a summer picnic in the woods. Well, yeah. well, you know, my aunt gave me a couple of your records. Uh, you know, I, I find it useful to put on during my jazzercise sessions in my apartment. I've lost some major pounds with your music in my ears. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> a lot uh, of people like to twerk. They like to twerk out to it. Yeah, I'm not really good with twerking, but I, 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 I've, you know, I like to think I move pretty good for my age and everything. But anyway, but you can twerk. Huh? Yeah, maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe someday. Everybody can one way or another. So there's a tremendous amount of research that documents the healing nature of music. Uh, when you guys have like a, a cold or the flu, do you often put on one of your own records to speed up getting better? Um, no, definitely not. No? Okay, <laughs> fine. Just, okay. Um, that's not going to help sales a lot, you guys. You know, I was trying to give you a hook to try to maybe push some records, but fine. Um, okay, so we're, we're talking about what's on our individual iPods. 
Toss out one song from each of you that would surprise people. Um, Ricky Rackman solo project. All right. And, all right, the, there's two other members. Join in. Uh, uh, I don't even know, uh, like a weird song I like or something? Uh, say the Carpenter's Superstar? Uh, all right. And? Uh, I'd say Grease Lightning. Okay, super. Wow. All right, last question. What is the band's position on the topic of mermaids? A quaint fable or, or something maybe the Trilateral Commission has kept secret over the years to prevent panic around the world? Because it could threaten you know, our Judeo-Christian belief system. Um, I think that uh, mermaid strips would be pretty good, you know, some tire sauce. <laughs> That's not quite the line I was going with, but okay. All right, what's the name of the next song? This one's called Pig. All right, let's do it. Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Spud Goodman Show. What a jerk. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your next guest, Robert Townsend, is holding for you. Okay, cool. You know, Robert's made some very good movies over his career. His first one way back in the 90s, Hollywood Shuffle, got a bunch of awards. Uh-huh. So do you want me to put the call through now? Um, 
when would you like to put the call through? Well, you know, in a couple hours, I'll be back at my apartment with some free time to kill. Yeah, no, no, I mean that would be too late. Oh, I, you I, think? I just wanted to make sure you were ready for him. I can handle things. I'm smart. Oh, Gerald, I think Spud was alluding to the fact that yes, you should put Robert through because we don't have another guest to fill the air time. Right. Okay. Okay. I get it. Too late, y'all. So unless you have like other more important things to do. Please put Robert on the air. Oh, okay. He's not the type you want to keep waiting. Okay, okay, here he is. Say hello to actor, writer, and director Robert Townsend. Thanks for coming on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so you have a new documentary out, Making the Five Heartbeats, airing now in L.A. and New York, and will be available for streaming worldwide on all platforms. People just need to go look for it. So uh, the film's forged from your award-winning 1991 film, The Five Heartbeats, correct? I mean, tell our listeners a bit about the film, because it was pretty cool. Uh, The Five Heartbeats uh, was my second film as a filmmaker, and it was about a fictitious group that I created called The Five Heartbeats, based on a a group in the 60s. I was a fan of The Temptations, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the rise and fall of this singing group that follows these five guys and what they go through. And like, and like I said, it was based on when I was a kid, the temptations broke up. And I, as a, as a filmmaker, I wanted to know what happened. And that started the journey to make the five heartbeats. And now I've created uh, a documentary about how I made the film. Super. I, I was just curious, what do you think the performers from the 60s, you know, R&B groups, the, the ones that made such amazing music, the, the Motown sound, the Memphis sounds, the, the New York scene, would feel about auto-tune, you know, blasphemy or, or a nice little tool for people that can't sing? <laughs> well, I, I think when, when I think in terms of The Temptations or Diana Ross or Smokey Robinson, Aretha Franklin, uh, those singers really sang. And I yeah. think when you have a, a, a toy you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, I don't want to take away from, you know, you know anybody, anybody's art, but I think real, you know, artists, you know, really sing and give it, you know, and I'm old school showmanship. In, in, in the documentary, you know, Making the Five Heartbeats, you see my journey as a filmmaker, but you also see the talent that I'm going after. And it, 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 back then in the 60s, it was really, you know, what those groups went through at Motown, it was really about the best, you know, singer, you know, you had to control that audience and give it your all. And so th- th- that's something that I think is missing today in today's music. Yeah, I was just curious when, when you're looking back at the film, so, she, so you never ever said, damn, I wish I, wish I had auto-tune back then. That never happened. Huh? <laughs> no, I never said that. I mean, because when, when you think in terms of, um, you know, old school showmanship, you know, when you look at music, there are certain artists and they really, really do sing and you want to see them live. And I think, you know, because a lot of, you know, artists are produced in the studio, it is a difference. Right, right. You know, it is a difference. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, let me ask you this. Your first film, Hollywood Shuffle, was a huge hit. It, it dealt with, you know, the racial stereotypes of African Americans in film and television. It was based loosely on your experiences in the entertainment industry, right? Yes, sir. It, it, you know, when I was a young actor, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans and I wrote Hollywood Shuffle together, and it was just the journey of this young actor, because, I mean, back then, all the roles that I was auditioning for were really stereotypical, you know, pimps and hustlers and thieves and crooks. 
And Hollywood Shuffle, you know, is a satirical look at, you know, having to audition, you know, for those kinds of parts. Like when I when I remember the first pimp I auditioned for, my mother was, you know, like, baby, be the best pimp you can be. You know, the whole church was praying for me, you know, and we wrote about that and made a movie about it. Right. All right. Super. Well, you later directed Eddie Murphy in Raw. Uh, that was a seminal comedy performance uh, on film for sure. Can I ask, though, how uh, does one direct a comedian like Eddie Murphy? That'd be a tough gig. Well, you know, the thing that I would say about Eddie is that he's, he's really a comedy genius. But, yeah. you know, even, you know, with his, his funny mind, I would look and say, hey, there's another joke here. Hey, there's another, you know, can we go a little bit more physical here? So with Raw, I went on the road with him for six months and, you know, watched Eddie, you know, do his stand-up. And I would, you know, give him some notes and some adjustments. I mean, but, you know, it's kind of like when you're, you already got a master comedian, you're just tweaking him. So, you know, directing the film is just little tweaks for me. Right. Uh, well, one, one more Eddie Murphy-related uh, question. Is it true you auditioned for Saturday Night Live but lost out to Eddie? Because if so, you must be an amazing human being. I, I, I don't know if I could be that chummy with someone who got a part I wanted. You know, anyway. You know what? Uh, I did audition for Saturday Night Live, and I had no idea. You know, I'm a young you know, comedian, and I went in there and gave it everything. And back then, and I still to this day, I can do like 40, 50 characters. And so I went in there and did all my impressions, and I thought I did a really good job. And then, you know, I didn't hear anything, and then I hear this young comedian out of, you know, Roosevelt Island, you know, um, mm -hmm. got the part, Eddie Murphy. Then later on, it wasn't until, like, years ago, a book came out about Saturday Night Live, and they were saying that there was a big argument in the room with, you know, the producers fighting over me. And I was like, really? And they were like, you almost got Saturday Night Live. And I was like, oh, okay. But I, I had no idea back then. It was just another audition. All right. All right. Super. I don't want to bring up uh, old memories on that in that you know, situation. So, all right. Well, on this show, we're talking about uh, what's on our iPods, okay? And do you have anything in your library that would make people say, what? I mean, that, that's kind of surprising. Ooh, I have a lot of jazz on my iPod. I have... Uh, Ooh, I have different, you know, I, I, my taste is eclectic, though. You know, I mean, I, uh, I have Broadway. Like the other day, I was listening to Sophisticated Ladies um, on, from Broadway with Gregory Hines. So I listen to very unique stuff. All right. Like no death metal or like Gregorian chants or anything. Like, uh, you know, I have Pia Zadora's greatest hits. People would, are probably a little surprised at that. It was, it was really a, a really <laughs> short record. Only like two or three songs, but I got them all. Anyway, all right. Oh, um, God. No, no, no. I, th I, think, uh, I think if I said my Broadway stuff, I, you know, Beauty and the Beast, you know, I just love Broadway musicals. And as a matter of fact, I'm working on one now with Keenan. We're, we're doing the, the Broadway uh, a version of the five heartbeats. So we've been working on that. But, oh. you know, uh, I just love music. So, you know, I, I do have different things on it, but, you know, not as eclectic as what you just said. <laughs> All right. Hey, you, you know, Spud? What? This right now would be an excellent time for me to jump in here and toss out a few titles of songs on my Nano. You know, uh, you all seem so. so scared to know what I have on it, and I think Robert would enjoy hearing no, hey, from hey, my... Hey, Robert, uh, give me a sec. Okay. No, he or anyone now listening would not enjoy hearing that information. Well... We can't handle the truth. All of us have our limits, Gerald, as to what we can stomach. Put me down as a no vote. What? I would much rather remain uninformed on that situation. Oh. 
okay. What is it about my musical taste that disturbs you guys so much? I don't have enough time left in my lifetime to address that. So let me get back to Robert. All right, I, I've returned. Let me hit you with the last question. It's my biggie. Um, Robert Townsend, what has been your most memorable moment in Hollywood? I'm guessing like so many others, a few of them may not be that happy, but is there one that just sticks out to you? Uh, I think the most memorable moment for me was the, when I first got to Hollywood, I had a lunch with Sidney Portier at oh. the Apollo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And he talked to me about having dignity and class in movies, and it, 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 it really affected me in such a beautiful way. So as an artist, you know, you know, everything I do now, I'm always going to try to ground it with something special. So that's why, you know, like with this documentary, I want people to, to come and see, you know, the documentary. And, and we've got it in theaters for one week in, in L.A. and New York. Uh, so it can be eligible for the Oscars or, you know, the NAACP Image Awards. Right. So, Super. you know, but that was the moment with Sidney Poitier. All right. Off the record, uh, Sidney is such a, you know, just a classy man. Did he pick up the check? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right. All right. That's for the record. We got that. That's on the record then. All right. Super. All right. Well, let me remind everyone that your new documentary, Making the Five Heartbeats, is now airing on screens in LA and New York and can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. Just people need to go look for it. So thank you so much for coming on our program. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And they can follow me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you know, so they can find more information about the documentary. Super, Mr. Robert Townsend. North Korea. North Korea as a vacation spot will never get five stars. Like I'm pretty sure they don't have any cool bars or even any rental cars could say most of it looks like the surface of Mars, where people store a year's supply of food in jars. Germs are everywhere, so there's also a good chance to contact SARS. So let's all agree North Korea is a dump, but it's also a pretty smart real estate buy as a fixer-upper. You can thank me later. Hey, see, see if we can get some feedback from listeners on this topic. Check, check the phone lines if, if we have someone, anyone. Or, anyway, I, I'm going to take a risk here and share a few of the songs on my iPod. Please, everyone now listening, remember, he that is without sin among us, let him or her cast the first stone or, or whatever object, you know, that can hurt someone, a brick, you know, I don't know, maybe a frying pan or yes. Maybe a, like a really thick dictionary. Okay, everyone's been alerted, so um, if I was under oath, I would admit to having two Molly Hatchet songs on it. That is messed up, yo. I, I know I could attempt to enter an insanity plea or accuse third parties of uploading them, you know, without my knowledge, like that U2 song a while back, but that would be a lie. So, yes, many years ago, in a moment of weakness, I selected both Gator Country and Boogie No More. There, I said My, it. my, my, Molly Hatchet, huh? Okay. Mo Molly who? Hey, bud, what's your problem? Spud, you yeah. have a caller who wants to get in on your iPod discussion. Should I put him through? 
does he sound like the judgmental type? Because I'm not in the mood to be publicly humiliated right now. Do you want me to ask him if he feels strongly one way or another regarding Molly Hatchet? Well, personally, if I had access to your iPod, I could pick way more egregious bands. Eeny. Meeny. Miney. You know, that's the thing with this whole deal. Music is the most subjective topic known to man. Oh, okay, maybe besides, like, you know, selecting the toppings on a pizza or, or possibly, you know, foreplay or no, or no foreplay. You know, I hope this caller will show some restraint in an attempt to be pleasant. Just, just I don't know, put put him through. Caller, you, you're on the air. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. You know, Molly Hatchet is awesome. I love that band. I thought this was going to be about really? having stuff on our iPods that we regret, but okay, you know, I'll toss out one of the bands I am totally ashamed of uploading to my library. All right, how about Black Flag? I mean, what? they were around a long time ago and they are so bad, I am pretty sure they would make anyone cringe. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Black Flag was a great band. You know, okay, maybe they weren't for everyone, but come on, Henry Rollins, man. Uh, uh, okay, maybe they're fine to listen to while using a jackhammer or a chainsaw. Then it's a maybe a tolerable mix. Okay, I, I also have, you know, someone on my iPod that can maybe bring us together here. How about this one? There's no way, you know, you would find anyone who would put this guy onto a playlist. I'm referring to Josh Groban. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Josh Groban? <laughs> well, all right, all right. Full disclosure, I gave my wife his Christmas CD last year as a stocking stuffer. Yeah, yeah, he totally sucked, but, you know, she loved him. I had to put a couple of Christmas songs of his on my iPod for her. She borrows my iPod when she goes to Curves to work out. She yeah, doesn't okay. go very often. Yeah, so that's nice. So I, I don't really let her care. have access to my unit. Yeah, okay. Um, and you'd probably get a break if, if those songs were for your wife, so that's not even important here. Hey, hey, you know, Spud, my wife and I both love Josh Groban. Okay. I mean, what a truly great singer. And, you know, he's got a few songs that really rock out, too. Don't pigeonhole him, because he's really versatile. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! So, so caller, disregard my musically challenged temporary co-host here. He knows not what he says. Uh, that's it's temporary, permanent co-host. No, I, I've listened to your show a few times, and you know some of the bands you had on are well, uh, terrible. But well, this one uh, you had on this show—they're pretty good. But you really need to branch out a bit and maybe book a few more bands that have some balls. I can't handle hearing another one of those wimpy, limp indie rock bands that are so popular with millennials. It's <laughs> jack what you're saying. Do, do, do you hear me passing judgment on the choices you make at your place of employment? We don't book bands that suck, okay? Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm just saying, you know, me, I'd put on a good rock band that maybe can rap a little bit, too. I have all of Limp Biscuits catalog on my iPod. They're oh. one of my favorites even to this day. Oh, oh, yeah, as far as rappers go, I have a few songs by that um, Macklemora on my music player. They were my daughter Kelsey's, and I, I think she didn't delete them before handing it down to her younger brother Dwight, who I guess should have deleted it also before handing it down to me, but 
Anywho, I have played those songs on shuffle a few times, and yeah. you know he's okay. not too rappy, if if you know what I mean. What's your name, scumbag? Um, yeah, I do know what you mean. I oh, really do. Come on, most rap is horrible, but you know when you add a kick-ass rock band, well, it, it's kind of magic. Again, uh, music is extremely subjective. Okay, uh, let's just leave yeah. it. Yeah, limp biscuits. Seriously. Seriously. Hey, hey, who said that? Uh, that would be my Aunt Dorothy. Limp Biscuits was one of the worst bands in the history of music or whatever one would call what they do. You know what? You're dumb, lady. Huh. It's, uh, it's a singular, not Biscuits. It's Biscuit. But yeah, I, get, I, get, I hear you. I'm with you. Uh, okay, uh, Carl, you've crossed the okay. line. No one insults my only living aunt, all right? Chance, hang up on this dude. Hey, hey you can't hang up on me. Aunt. What? A douche. Yeah, it's just as well as we're running out of time anyway. So let me close the show right now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Well, hey, I still haven't been able to share with the listeners bands that I like. Like, like say, let me let me look again at my iPod, because I just saw a few here, and <laughs> the print is so small on this thing. I can't... Oh. Ah, oh, doggone it. You know, I think that battery just went dead. <laughs> uh, hashtag sad. Uh, once again, here are the Green River Thrillers.
The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Oh, hey, uh, my iPod just came back on. It's working now. And, okay, all right, all right. Here are a few of my favorite songs. Are, are we still on the air? Hey, hey, you guys on the soundboard, where did Spud go? Is he in the bathroom? I, Spud left. Uh, I, I don't really have any songs that are shocking or I think would surprise our listeners. I mean, sure, there are a few that some people like say those hipsters might make light of uh, but i mean who who was elected commissioner of the music police i tell you when i was in high school i would take so much guff from my peers on my record collection uh, they called me a square hey are you guys on the board listening dave trevor uh, kids can be so mean sometimes i was invited to a party in i think it was the 10th grade and I brought a Helen Reddy record thinking, you know, people might enjoy it. You would not believe the verbal abuse I had to endure. I don't have any Helen Reddy songs on my Nano. I lost that record when my parents moved. You know, Spud thinks he knows so much about music. But I've heard some of the stuff on his iPod. And boy, there are barnyard animals more entertaining. Hey, hey you guys. I don't want to interrupt your conversation, but am I am I on the air or not? I mean, it's okay if we're off the air. I guess I, I can just share this information on another show or or not. Oh, okay. All right, I guess I, I'll assume we're off the air then. Oh, okay. Okay, then. See you later. <laughs>